Now, you're listening to the second part of Rick Warner talking about teams in church. If you haven't already listened to the first one, I'd encourage you to check in and dip in and listen to that one. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. How do you go about creating that culture of teams across church life? Yeah, um, culture is a complex thing. And so there's a lot of different factors that we, uh, a lot of levers that we're trying to to pull. Uh, I think the most important one is for our uh, staff leadership team to be on the same page as it uh, about what, uh, about our ministry philosophy of uh, working through teams uh, that's that's the the foundational piece, and it's possible for one thing that we realised early on is that we were all saying, yeah, we 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 care about teams, we 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 don't want to be roster based, but then a little bit down the track, we realised that we're actually talking about slightly different things as we're saying this. Um, mm. What what a team looks like uh, can be. Some people think of that as what I would call a rostered system. And so that's the first level. If, if the staff leadership team aren't on the same page on that, uh, you're never going to be able to properly help the rest of church, actively help the rest of church uh, have a culture of uh, teams. So that's really, that's really helpful. Again, your insight just a second ago where you realised that your head of mission and you yourself hadn't been creating this, you know, mm. this larger team. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to model it. You've got to demonstrate it. You've got to regularly sort of fight against it, I guess, mm. in your own self often as a, as a ministry leader to actually work through others as well. Um, yeah, know, exactly. It's just heaps easy just to do it myself. Why don't I just go and, and get on with that? Okay, so so you've got to model it as a, as a team. Yep. What, what else? Uh, yeah, so we've also got a, um, a training event that our MTS apprentices just launched for our team leaders uh, because for a lot of them... Uh, even if they've been team leaders in another context, in another church, Laneway being fairly young, uh, we're either getting new Christians or people who've moved from another church and fairly recently. And so even if they've led teams in other churches, what that looks like is really different. Um, and so we're having to reshape their view of what ministry what ministry even is. Uh, so, so you're talking there about onboarding people well, uh, training people well. You're talking about you know your membership course, yeah, you know, yeah, and that and that kind of explaining. Here, here's how we understand, you know, biblically, theologically, our service. Yeah, it is that. It is that. It, so we do it at our uh, onboarding uh, series, so that everybody's on the same page. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. also uh, particularly for our uh, something that we've identified as a, a weakness is the the actual leaders of the teams, um, and yep. so. There's the onboarding so that everybody is on the same page as they come in and they have an expectation of you're, you're going to be joining a team, whether it's the setup team or whatever it is, you will be joining a team. Uh, and that's how we uh, structure and conceive of ministries here at Laneway. And yep. so it's it's uh, right from day dot. Uh, but then for our leaders as well, it's a, a termly, we have termly things where we gather all of our leaders across church together uh, to train them in what it looks like to be leaders, uh, their role as disciples in one sense. Um, but we also do other things. We have an annual celebration where we get everyone together 
Uh, and the format of how we celebrate is via teams. So the uh, either the team leader or a team member will, uh, at one point in the afternoon, stand up and share something that's been challenging and something that's been really exciting about serving in that team through this year. Uh, and it means that, again, people's lens for uh, their, even their Thanksgiving and their sharing uh, is through teams. Mm. Uh, what about preaching? You know, mm. sometimes you hear, the, you hear it serving often talked about, not in the positive, you know, oh, we just don't have enough people serving, you know, we've got to, as, how, do you, how do you preach about it? Yeah, that's something that we really try to actively avoid is to... Um, <laughs> Berate uh, the congregation. And the, yeah, funny and the that. Church. We've found that's not as helpful. Um, yeah, we, we try to avoid the... Because it can fall into one of the, the traps that uh, a purely roster-based thing can is that it can end up being really transactional. Uh, of yep. I need people who's going to fill my, uh, my need. And so uh, the way that we talk about it is we, uh, we talk about... Uh, we do talk about teams and we, we try and celebrate it together. Uh, and so the main thing that we actually do for our, through our preaching platform is we celebrate uh, what God has been doing. And we, uh, we publicly share in other formats at the front, we, we pray for our teams. So uh, we, we rotate through our various teams in our prayers, our public prayers that we do on Sunday uh, to pray for them. Um, but in our sermons themselves, yeah, we talk about uh, the fact that uh, as people are joining, it, it's one of the areas we just list off. It's not huge. It's not a, uh, we don't major on it. But as we talk about what it means to be a part of Laneway, we talk about being part of a, a small group, being part of Sundays, being part of a team. Uh, it's just part of the language that we try and talk in. And so that even just by having that language, it it can reshape how people mentally conceive of uh, what what builds Laneway Church? Yep. So one of the biggest challenges of having a good culture of teams is uh, unreliability. Mm. Uh, how do you work with unreliable people? You know, the person in your team who the morning of church says, hey, I can't come in today. Uh, mm. I won't be there. And they do that regularly. Yeah. And... In, it's easy to push onto the person uh, and that, that for discipleship, that's definitely part of it. But I think the first thing to do is to have a look at ourselves as leaders. And this is what I find. I need to look at myself um, before I look at the, the person serving and I need to know my own tendency. And I think um, I can actually flip between both of these tendencies, but one is to pass it off and to m- make it a really little thing and just go, oh, that's fine. You know, no worries and just breeze past it. Uh, and the other tendency is to uh, go to responsibility and go hard line and shoot and you shoot a message back. It's like, well, you know, you said you'd be here and to, to make them feel guilty about it. Um, and obviously neither of those are great at discipling or reflecting the gospel very well. But I think each of us have a, a tendency uh, and... Mine is to pass it off. Mine is to just, uh, I don't want the person to feel guilty. I, will, I, I tell myself I'm showing them grace, uh, but really I'm just, I don't want, I don't want to have the hard conversation. Uh, from there, knowing my own tendency, I want to see it as a discipleship moment. And so I want to see it as an opportunity uh, to, to dig into why. And so it might be, if you're someone who just goes straight to 
well, you committed, uh, you, sh- you said you would be part of this, uh, dig into why, and it might be a- an opportunity that you need to show them grace. Uh, they might be genuinely struggling with something in their life. Uh, they might, uh, have something else going on, uh, dig into the why. Um, but as well, if you're someone who knows that you're just going to let it go, uh, and you're going to just cause more pain for yourself later on by ignoring it, uh, help push into the responsibility, but do that not by putting a burden on their back. Um, and this is what I need to try and do is by reminding people of the value of what they're doing, um, is saying it's really valuable when you're here and part of this, when you're not, uh, the, the rest of the team feels that and we, we need to, uh, still make these things happen, but there's, it's so valuable that when you're here for setup, say, or when you're here for morning tea, I, this has such a big impact on how people are part of church. And so giving them that, that big vision. Um, but I think the, the first thing is always going to have to be know yourself. So, th- so this is really helpful. You got a, you got a number of things. If I can sort of just summarize there, yeah, one is it. ask yourself the question, have, have I been responsible? Have I actually onboarded them? Well, yeah. Two, how am I building expectations and how mm. can I, how can I go to those expectations? Um, uh, you know, I can do it poorly as I yeah. push into and press into conflict. Uh, and a helpful way of, of pushing into conflict is is helping people see the why, mm. um, helping see people see the uh, the impact, I guess, of of them not being part of this team, um, and that helpful self awareness piece. Where you know where do I where do I find it hard as a leader to um, to push into those uh, into those places as well? Mm. Um, what about the place of the, the team actually being responsible? Uh, you know, for the expectations piece, mm. you, know, you know, you know, when you've been part of those teams where you actually see others actually pick it up and you as a team leader don't necessarily need to, you know, need to do that. Oh, and that's, uh, I was going to say that's the dream, not because it, and I think part of that is because I feel I don't like having those conversations. Um, but that's the dream in the sense that, uh, that's exactly what we want as a, for our people to be as teams that we want people to be able to trust each other, uh, in the teams and we want them to care for one another. And so, uh, that's exactly the, the point that you want to be able to get to. That's hard to teach. Um, it's hard to teach, but it's possible to, to show in the way that when someone doesn't turn up and everyone else is feeling it, uh, to talk about that with the rest of your team. So say you're on uh, a food ministry at church and, You've got four people who are supposed to be there and three have turned up. Uh, if you've got a regular serving team, they'll recognize that, uh, that Joe isn't there. Uh, and someone might raise it. You say, yeah, I'm not quite sure yet why, uh, Joe isn't here. Um, it'd be great for us to be checking in with him and see how he's going. Uh, and, uh, pray for people who aren't there as part of, if you do a pre ministry huddle or things like that, praying for them. It tells people that you have a care for them and it models for them again, what it looks like to have a concern for other members of the team so that they, they start to think, Oh, I could reach out to them as well. That's a really appropriate, loving thing to do as a brother or sister in Christ. Mm. Yeah. Really helpful. Um, I, I guess as well, just to help, help our listeners out there, just think of this, you know, teams, teams often don't function well and, and yeah. team members will let you down mm. in many ways, your role as a team leader is to help the team function well and, and mm. you're going to be regularly pushing into conflict, regularly reminding people about the why and, and uh, helping them see how they fit in the whole to, whole to place and, and holding people to expectations. So like 
that's that's the expectation of being a team leader in, in exactly many ways. and i think um for me i can easily think of like going back to what you asked at the very start for one of the best ministry teams i've ever been a part of uh, i often think of summer missions um and i think one of the reasons is because they're so short that you it's there's so such an intensity in it that you don't necessarily have to do the the long haul of the slow discipleship with people. And so all you get is the excitement of what you're doing and lots of really good things, but you don't have a lot of that pain. Any ministry that goes for a longer period of time than a week, you're going to have as a leader, um, you're going to have people who uh, you do feel let down by and you're going to have, you're going to let down the team. And that's part of being a a leader for anything long-term. So you're part of a staff team at Laneway. Uh, when that team's working well together, what does it look like? Yeah, uh, there's a few things. Uh, I think working with Josh and Sarah, it's it's hard for it to feel like uh, it's it's ever going to be a bad team. Uh, but there's a few things in particular that we try and work on to make sure that we are gelling as a team. Um, the first one that always comes to mind is fun, uh, which, you know, might not sound godly um, or... Uh, you know, it's not fruit of the spirit, but Jesus, Jesus never had fun, uh, Rick. Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't have a, I don't have a proof text here. I'm sorry. Um, but it's, it, it's perfect. It, it's, it's necessary for a team to be able to have fun because it's relational building. And so, uh, for a lot of when, uh, my wife, Ellen and I landed at Laneway and for last year, that was what this, the team was, was Josh and Sarah and sort of Ellen and myself. And we were in lockdown for a good chunk of that. And so learning to uh, have fun together was really hard because as I'm sure lots of people have experienced, when you're on Zoom, it's really easy for everything to end up being purely pragmatic. You you get the things done, you talk about what you need to. Um, and so we had times where, uh, even in lockdown, where we really intentionally did like Uber Eats swaps and we would Zoom and hang out that way. Um, fun is essential uh, because not everything is going to be fun as you're working as a team and you need to have, and fun forms trust. Um, uh, another area which is really important uh, for us is the ability for us to speak into each other's ministry areas. And that's both for the positive and the negative. That's uh, getting to celebrate each other's wins. And so um, outdoing each other in showing honor um, is one of the things that we try and do, not showing flattery, but outdo each other in showing honor uh, to point out the ways that God has worked through each other. Um, but also that means that when necessary, uh, being able to speak in and say, I don't know how this is working uh, and we can be honest with each other about uh, each other's ministry areas. Um, third thing I'd say is uh, a concern for that person beyond their ministry. Uh, mm. And so again, Zoom made that harder. And so uh, I think a lot of us, even if you didn't form your team over 2020, 2021, uh, I think it reshaped a lot of how we related to one another and how we thought about ministry. Uh, and so showing a concern for when people are unwell, um, for people's, uh, the people you're serving alongside their, their kids or their parents or just things outside of their, their ministry, uh, actually knowing each other and being able to pray for one another. Um, and the fourth thing, uh, is, uh, good conflict. And, uh, Mm. that's something that is not natural for me, but, 
uh, and depending on uh, the cultural background probably of the people in your team might be uh, harder for some people to have conflict that seems good at all. Uh, being able to, but being able to actually have good conflict where we disagree with one another, uh, this is one of the things I think Josh does the best is anytime we have good conflict, he celebrates it. Uh, anytime uh, I'll push into something or someone else will push into what someone else has said or uh, what we're doing as a church, uh, Josh will, the, basically the first thing he'll do is say, I just want to stop this for a moment. Love this. This is great. This is exactly the sort of thing we want to be doing. Uh, because we want to, if we can't have good conflict, we're never going to be able to gel. There's always going to be unspoken things, uh, mm. which is just going to harbor bitterness or frustration. Uh, being able to actually have good, healthy uh, conflict where we can uh, sharpen one another is essential for us to gel. Really helpful. Uh, and it sounds like it's a great team to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish someone had told you about teams? Um, I think uh, something that I wish something someone had told me about teams is uh, it's really easy to think of ministry. Even if you've come from a team model thinking, it's really easy to fall back into thinking about people purely as individuals uh, mm -hmm. in their ministry roles. I wish someone had given me just the framework of thinking of teams as the core unit of how to think about ministry. Mm. Um, if you think about teams as the core unit, it means that you're not adding on roles. You're not throwing people into things as a need arises or as you realize that a need is there. Uh, it means that you bring people into a, a team and strengthen a team to be able to do that rather than, uh, yeah, just, just laying on extra roles. And so, Thinking of, uh, I've tried to shift as teams and now the core unit of what I think about when I'm thinking about ministries across church. Uh, and it means that we have less of those random roles that are just sitting out by themselves. They're, they're, mm. Those people are being brought into uh, groups of other people who do have the same goal, just different different roles. Yeah. Have you changed your mind about anything in, in this area? Uh, yeah. Um, I think... Uh, I, my, uh, all my experience, um, until a few years ago of high level, uh, ministry was in larger church contexts. And so I think I, I knew, I knew its value in a larger church context and I knew theoretically the value of teams in a smaller church context. Uh, but I wasn't fully convinced that it would be. Uh, a as necessary and B as doable. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's easy to think uh, being in a larger church uh, that of course, this is the way that things are going to need to work, but moving to uh, smaller church contexts, I've realized it's actually in some ways even more necessary and more helpful uh, because uh, it, at this size that we're at say for laneway or for other smaller uh, churches that are growing, um, if if we're not thinking in teams now, then we're losing people. The people are doing roles by themselves. And so I've had to actually, I've been reconvinced of the value of ministry, of ministry through teams, uh, but particularly at a smaller church size, not just the big, not just the big churches that we look at. It's easy to think, of course they can do it. Well, Rick, it's been really, uh, really helpful hearing you share your experience and your thinking into teams at Laneway Church. Thanks for 
joining us on mm. The One Thing today. Thank you. Now, I just want to finish with, what's the one thing you want to say about teams? Yeah, the one thing I'd like to say is, uh, if you invest in your teams, not just individuals, but in your teams, it will bear fruit for the individual uh, and for the ministry as a whole. Beautiful. Well, let me just open up the toolbox. Uh, the first resource I just want to draw your attention to is to the Reach Australia ebook on serving others. We've released this at the conference just last week, and uh, this is a great resource to uh, to check out to raise with your teams to start thinking into how can we actually grow this area in church life. Uh, the other two books I just want to draw attention to is uh, Sticky Teams. It's a book by Larry Osborne. Really helpful book that uh, raises some of the landmines that come up with teams in church life, but also helps think into uh, teams at the sort of board governance, eldership level, uh, the ministry team itself, and then thinking about uh, teams across congregational life as well. And another book uh, that I found helpful, The Captain's Class. Hans Christensen uh, shared this book with me. It's by a guy called Sam Walker. It's a secular book, uh, but interestingly, it looks at uh, all, I guess, high-performing teams across a whole bunch of sports and, uh, and it talks about the importance of leadership as well uh, in, in that context. So you can see in the title, The Captain's Class, that it talks about the importance of, importance of uh, the captain in some of those great teams from uh, the history of sport. Uh, I, I found it a really, uh, a really helpful book uh, to think into uh, to my role you know, leading a team. Well, I'm Scott Sanders, and this has been The One Thing. And can I again encourage you uh, to give a one-off donation to the online resource library uh, tax campaign. Chat soon. Mm-hmm.